the Title Town Podcast, episode 15. Well, hi there. You are listening to episode 15 of the Title Town Podcast. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Week three is here, and we got a full show ready for you. Yeah, buddy. On uh, today's episode, we have an interesting tweet of the week to talk about. Uh, This week's topic of the week, we'll be breaking down all of the uh, divisions and where they stand after two weeks, uh, as well as talk about some of the games coming up this weekend that we're excited for, and we'll finish with previewing this Sunday's matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. Correct. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. Does it sound great to you? Yeah. You know what sounds even better to me? What? Thrive Fantasy. Oh, buddy. Perfect segue. I've been working on it. Yeah, you have. Our friends at Thrive Fantasy have a fantastic new offer. If you've held off on checking them out, first of all, shame on you for not checking them out. You're worthless to us. That's a little strong. <laughs> okay, I'll You're back off. You're at a 10. Off. Can we bring it down to a 5? I'll back off a okay. little bit. You're not dead to us, but new users that use code TITLETOWN Title Town. Title Town. When you sign up, you will receive an instant match of your first deposit up to fifty dollars. So you're saying this ge- this goes up every week. Mm-hmm. We were at twenty for week one, then we went to forty. Mm-hmm. Now we're at fifty. So you deposit fifty dollars. I gonna- let's break down the math again <laughs> on this on the on the exam. I know this okay. Is hard love for you. Fifty plus fifty is a hundred. Right. You're you- contributing fifty. As gonna, myself, as Daniel Marhanka, M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A, <laughs> I'm distributing $50 to Thrive Fantasy, and they're going to give me $50. They're going to give you $50. As a deposit. As an instant match. We're talking price match? Sure, if you want to call it that. I'm in. Okay. So, if you don't understand it after that breakdown, I don't know what to tell you. But yes, fifty plus fifty makes a hundred. You deposit you a fifty, they're going to give you fifty. I think we spent too much time on it. You get it. ThriveFantasy.com. Use code TitleTown. Hashtag prop up today. Bingo. Now bingo. <laughs> start off. Start bingo off went out in about two thousand one. <laughs> Bringing it back. Let's uh, get into some news with around the NFL. First item on the news. The Giants signed running back Devontae Freeman to a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean... After Saquon goes down. Yeah, Saquon's out for the year. We'll get into all that here in a second. But I kind of like the signing. Devontae Freeman's kind of looking for a home. I thought he was going to go to Los Angeles and kind of play with Sean McVay because I think they still need a little bit of a standout running back in that room. But um, I really like the move. Obviously, you're missing a great player in Saquon, probably arguably top five running back, if not higher. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's a low-value deal. I think his base salary is 1.7 or 1.07 mil per year, so Mm -hmm. that's pretty good. It's a very incentive-based contract as far as, like, if he makes the Pearl Bowl, even just starting games and being active, he makes a couple hundred thousand dollars. So Mm -hmm. it seems like a very... Team-friendly deal, and it also gives Devontae Freeman a place to play because I, th- I still think he has something left in the tank. Yes. Uh, I think this is also kind of the new normal for uh, the second wave of free agency that we never really got. There's a bunch of veterans that are still yep. jobless, 
And this is kind of the example why I think it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks as there's more injuries around the league. And as there's injuries. more injuries, and I think some of these top-tier teams, because another item in news is Snacks Harrison is visiting with the Seahawks either the end of this week or next week. And so I think even these teams that are doing well are realizing where their holes are and starting. We got to get some veteran depth. We need to get some veteran depth or this veteran will push us over the top and really make a big playoff push. So yep. I really think that these types of moves are what sets apart Super Bowl winning championship teams because we used to see the Patriots do this all the time, bring in a veteran later in training camp or in the middle of the regular season and let them go out and play at a high level because their football knowledge is there, their body's there. It's just they need another sh- chance and you don't want to overpay them. So wait a little bit. Right. Moving on to the next news item. Well, it's really just a whole bunch of injuries that happened over this last weekend. Yeah. Do you, can you remember a weekend where this, uh, in a given week, how many season-ending injuries were happening? No, especially not to as many big names. This was, like, crazy. Yeah, especially— I, I remember some preseason weeks like this, and then by week one, you kind of forgotten about them. But this being week two, this was real—this hit a lot of teams And hard. even not just season-ending injuries, if you look at the 49ers, they had so many Yeah, and some injuries. go from four weeks to the whole season to they'll be back next week. But this can really derail a team, and I think this is the point that I want to bring up before we get into some of the names is this— is at the beginning of the season, we all the analysts, everyone was saying was the healthiest team is going to win. And we thought that was because of COVID. <laughs> but <laughs> nope. this is actually because of injuries. Obviously, that the NFL has gone through two phases of, fes- of testing with little to minimal amounts of positive tests for COVID. But we're seeing a lot of injuries as an uptake. I don't know if I'm going to credit to no preseason per se, because a lot of these are just freak injuries. But um, I don't know. It's just interesting. But let's get into some of these names. Yeah, I'll just rattle some of them off. You mentioned one, uh, Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Uh, Christian McCaffrey with the uh, Panthers. He's slated to be out four to six weeks. Yeah, that's not a season ending. It's not a season ender. uh, But you have Nick Bosa. That was a season ending injury uh, for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has a hamstring injury, not season ending. But, you know. Anthony Barr Anthony for Barr Minnesota. Anthony Barr the Broncos. Cortland Sutton, that's a season-ending injury. Uh, Seahawks linebacker Bruce Irvin. Season-ending. Season-ending. Solomon Thomas, as well as Nick Bosa, are both out. Which is a massive hit for their defensive line. Well, Not that because they also lost DeForest Buckner to the Colts. Right. So, basically, that Super Bowl starting four and five are gone yep. besides DeFord. And I don't know if you really trust... Mr. Gets off sides a lot yeah. to really bolster and He's, he's been team. struggling health-wise, too. He's yeah. not 100% either. And then Drew Locke is out uh, four to six weeks with a uh, You must be injury. devastated. I was heartbroken. Well, I, it, you know, I you basically You basically turned off the Broncos game I did. on Sunday after he got hurt. But it's, it's a, you know, whatever the saying is, sword cuts two ways, whatever. I have, I've never heard that I saying. don't know. I, I can't think of the phrase on top of my head, but I have the Steelers' defense in fantasy football. So I wanted the Steelers' defense to perform really well. But you didn't wish an injury upon no, anyone, did you? No, absolutely not. But I didn't want Drew to throw four interceptions and look bad. That's true. He's your boy. He is my boy. So, you know, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But when he got out of the game, it was like, all right, Steelers' defense can feast now on whoever the backup is. They Jeff get sack him ten, Yeah, sack him ten times. Well, they also brought in Blake Bortles. 
They did just sign Blake Bortles off Which the should be interesting. The boat, dude. The boat? The boat. Is that his nickname? Yeah, you've never heard that? No. That's what the internet calls him. The boat. Best of all time? I don't know. I didn't Not make it up. Not greatest of all time? No, the boat. Okay. I, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. That, like, shook me. The boat. Well, yeah, you just, you sulk on that. Uh, let's transition to Tweet of the Week. Let's go. You don't have any fancy little... I don't have anything. Maybe I could do a bird chirping, <laughs> but myself. You ready for this? Tweet, 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 tweet. Promise me to never do that again. <laughs> I asked you to not do Topic of the Week after the first episode, and that has made it... How many episodes are we on? 15. 15. So... But mine's actually good. That was that was bad. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I, we need to fine. do a poll next week of what terrible segment <laughs> what terrible music segment stays. music in general. If we just do bad segments, <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> oh, anyway, tweet of the week. Um, the tweet is actually a quote from a radio interview that Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari did. It's kind of a long one. Daniel, buckle your seatbelt. I'm buckled. Strap it on. I need a buckle sound. Like we're going on we're going on a ride. So this is the quote. The, hold on, real quick. This yeah. episode is not only a sports podcast, but a soundscape to your ears. <laughs> we just had birds chirping, we just had the seatbelt. Yeah. And we'll have topic of the week. So this is literally just music to people's ears. If you're in ASMR, this is the podcast for you. I think we're gonna list under anchor as ASMR podcast. That if you want to champion that, that's what you're. I think we have a whole new audience on our horizon, <laughs> not just sports fans. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Be a friend, tell a friend, tell somebody about the podcast. By the way, what a weird plug. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I said it here, but for all your people who are really into ASMR in your lives, Title Town Podcast is the one for you. Things I never thought I would ever hear. All right, just go ahead and read this. Okay, thing. now I can. Can I get to the quote now? Yes. Okay, and I quote. The Kansas City Chiefs had, what, $100,000 in cap space? And they restructured one and signed three guys to big-year deals that are all over $15 million, $20 million, $45 million. A lot of excuses can be thrown around and misinformation. The point is, at the end of the day, if you want to sign a guy and you want to keep him, you can do it. People use the cap as an excuse that they can hide behind. They can get it done. You can go and restructure with whoever and get money pulled from wherever, and push back the potential cap to hit the later years. You can get it done if you want to get it done. That's what I want to know. Or that's what I know. The longer I've been around and kind of understanding how, you know, cap situations work, how healthy is that? Certain teams have different philosophies on that. Look, at the end of the day, if they want to get it done, they can get it done. Woo! What a quote. Quote by David Bakhtiari. By, by Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari, who is currently... Uh, negotiating a contract extension with the team. Correct. And from reports last week from, I think it was Rob Domofsky, they're about $4 million off because mm-hmm. he wants to be basically where, was it Tunzel? He wants to be higher than Tunzel. Hunzel, higher than Tunzel, which was signed last year. And he's well-deserving of the money. Yes. That is not an argument. But what my argument is, is that the Packers don't do this for people. They did it a little bit for Aaron Rodgers, restructured a little bit of a few people's contracts, and then also just gave him a lot of money. But the Packers just don't do this. And so I am really worried 
as far as if Bakhtiari gets this deal that he wants, which is higher than Laramie Tunzel's deal from last year, it would be over 22 mil, correct? Mm -hmm. A year. Yep. And I think that automatically means Aaron Jones does not have a shot at becoming a Green Bay Packer for the foreseeable future. Yep. I, unless they restructure, but then you also have to see you possibly have a either right tackle or left tackle in Elkton Jenkins. Yes. But who is going to play counter tackle to him? We have Rick Wagner for another year, and we have. Billy. And he's really only played one game, so it's hard to say. But he had a good game. One good game. One good game against very small. A, a team that doesn't have an elite pass rusher. Yes, he'll definitely be tested this week against Cam Jordan, which we'll get to in a little bit. But what do you want to do there? You got Billy Turner for another year. Got. Wagner for another year. You have some other young guys. You don't want Alex Light there. He's not the future of that position. So what do you do if you're the Green Bay Packers? I think if there's anybody that's warranted. He is the most deserving of a contract since Aaron Rodgers, yes. in my opinion. He's in that tier. He's I think in it was that Aaron tier. Nagler that talked about that. Again, like you said, the Packers just don't do this for anybody. No, they it don't. It takes a guy in Aaron Rodgers' tier. To get that done, and I think David might be in that tier. Three-time All-Pro mm -hmm. is the, in my opinion, the best left tackle, and he's statistically he's arguably a, the best. He's left tackle. at a good age. He's not incredibly old like mm -hmm. when we saw Andrew Whitworth get that pretty big deal, kind of well into his thirties. But also another good thing, and Brian Gutekunst said this in the offseason, is left tackles are known to play really well into their late thirties. So mm -hmm. if you go under that, like basically philosophy of building a roster, then this is the guy you want on your team. Yes. I mean, he's the Madden 99 overall rating guy. He is the best left tackle I know. And if you want to protect Aaron Rodgers for his last years in Green yeah, that's, Bay. Yeah, that's and, a big element too. And what you want in, I guess, Jordan Love in a few years, yeah. you're going to want a steady presence there because it is hard to find elite talent at left I tackle. I would hate to think the Packers would may possibly, I don't want to say waste, but cause a point of contention or a point of struggle that they don't need to create by trying to find somebody else to fill the left tackle spot. Yeah. And we go, oh, the Packers should have kept David Bakhtiari. Why didn't they keep David Bakhtiari? Absolutely. And that's the hard thing about having a really, really good football team. And we saw the Packers put a really good brand of football out there last year is everyone's value goes through the roof. They're mm -hmm. on a winning team. They contribute week in and week out. I saw that after the 2010 season with some of those free agents. I would have never thought that they would end up going other places and getting the money that they did just because they were on a Super Bowl winning team. And we see it with all kinds of teams like that, where it's just the price of these players, once they play in a Super Bowl or make a deep playoff run, go up. And last year, Aaron Jones basically came onto the scene storming. And, I mean, two years ago, did we really think that we would have an issue or even want to sign Aaron Jones? No. Not really. Obviously, we saw flashes, but it was just in a Mike McCarthy system. It wasn't until system. last year. It wasn't until last year where the general consensus of his value was super high. Yes, now he became he, a household name. He played really well under Mike McCarthy. Just Mike McCarthy didn't utilize him, and that was one of my main criticisms towards the later years of Mike McCarthy. Is run Aaron Jones. He anytime he's put out there, he flashes. But I think. David Bakhtiari might be the priority. And for football heads and people who really study the game, tape dogs, they know that. 
but Aaron Jones is the flashier type player, so most of your fans are going to go, we need this playmaker. And the thing that was kind of going around on Twitter after Sunday's game was, well, you're paying your number one running back and the number two wide receiver just because of how high Aaron Jones is catch percentage has gone up and I want to bring up this as an interesting thought kind of as we close tweet of the week is and I brought this up I think episode five or something but what if the Packers let Aaron Jones walk but they sign Jamal Williams right Jamal AJ Dillon and have AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams has played great this season he just doesn't get the full amount of touches most of Last week's game, week two, he was averaging 10 yards per carry at a pretty high rate, and he's a great pass catcher. He doesn't get used as much as Aaron Jones just Mm -hmm. as far as general touches, but I think he could step into a number one back if you want to pay Bakhtiari a crazy salary and you can't afford Aaron Jones. Give a little bit to Jamal Williams because I think he would be a nice transition piece with him and A.J. Dillon in there. Yep. I agree. I I think David Bakhtiari is number one priority. I agree, and, and just, it's not the flashiest thing. It's no, really not. People don't really value unless the left tackle you're going spot. back and watching the tape. You don't realize how much he affects how games. important a left tackle is until you don't have a good left tackle. That's true. And then we're in a position where we're starting a young guy who is constantly getting flagged, and or just letting blindside rushers to the quarterback. Yep, can't have it. Any, was that your closing thoughts on that before we get on to a topic? Of the That's week? my closing thoughts. Unless you have, do you have anything on that? No, I mean I think we I think we summed it up well. All right, well, move on to topic of the week. Division breakdowns, or was I supposed to actually say the question mark? I I liked it. I thought you emphasized the question okay. mark. Okay, I'm gonna I'll explain it. So we, Daniel and I were texting back and forth about what topic of the week should be, and he said division breakdowns. Yes. So I came back and said, do you have a fancier name for Division Breakdown? To and which I, he responded. Division Breakdown's question mark? So, uh, 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 Daniel, if there's anything you know about me, I don't hinder creatives. So I didn't question it. Am I, I creative? <laughs> I don't hinder creatives. Okay. So I didn't question it. I didn't come back and say that was dumb. I just put it in the, put in the notes. I like it. So Division Breakdown question Keep mark. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Uh, it. So, like I said, we're gonna break down the divisions where they stand currently. Daniel, where do you, you want to start? Let's start in the in the West. In the West, we'll go yep. NFC and AFC here. Pair them together. Let's do it. The first number one in the standings for both divisions, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Who would have thought? In the AF or the NFC West, and in the AFC West, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals? Very surprising to see them there. They're there because they have a division win. They are there because they have a division win. The Seahawks they beat, haven't played anybody in the division yet. They Either beat the, the 49ers week one. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed watching that game. That yes. was a great game. It's a little boring just because of Levi Stadium. Not my favorite place to watch a football game, especially after last January. Just bad memories. But great game overall. Kyler Murray is quickly becoming one of the players that you need to watch on Sunday. He yeah. is so much fun to watch. And dark horse I think MVP candidate. Dark, dark horse. You have a you have so many dark horse MVP candidates that I want to know your real MVP candidates. Because <laughs> let's go over them. <laughs> Drew Locke. Yes. That's pretty much gone. Um, Jared Stidham. Oh, why did you have to bring that up? From episode one. And then <laughs> And then now Kyler Murray. Why would you do that? 
I'm just saying, you you got a lot of dark horses out there. I just want to keep your horses kind of accountable. Wow. <laughs> and so I, I really like the way the Arizona Cardinals are playing football. You can't get over that one, can no, you? No, I can't believe you did that. Why do you okay. have to throw that Jared Stidham thing back in my face, man? <laughs> because you were so confident. And I said, there's no way Cam Newton's not getting the starting job. I, hey, that's, I felt right about it. I was wrong. This is now the second what time. What feels I've good can sometimes feel so wrong. <laughs> this is the second time on this podcast I've admitted I was wrong on the Jared Stidham thing. Okay, we're, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep bringing it up. It's never gonna die. But I I like the way the Arizona Cardinals play football. Yes. I think it's a fun brand. Cliff Kingsbury is the ultimate just G on the sidelines. He looks yes. like freaking Vogue magazine out there, ripped straight out of a magazine. And he. I think is coaching a really good football team. Yes. Um, I don't know how long that'll last in that spot, but yeah. it helps that the 49ers are are banged up and hurt. I yep. think the Rams and Seahawks might make a big push for that spot. Well, what's difficult is the Rams, and we'll get to this uh, when we kind of say games we're excited for, is the Rams have to go to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So you have to expect them to possibly get a loss there. But then in the AFC, the number one uh, standing is the Kansas City Chiefs. No, who, surprise to nobody. Who we talked we talked about them last week in top five, bottom five, is they keep playing the C to B games and winning. Yes. And, and they definitely played one Sunday against the Chargers. They did. And I think Justin Herbert, which we can talk about that when we talk about the Chargers, but he looked really good. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way he played. Uh, me and you kind of go back and forth and how he's – kind of the most intriguing guy out of the draft class last year in my opinion Mm -hmm. I don't know about you just because he's such he's kind of a gamer but also just really put together yes and so I'm excited to see how his career goes but it's just the whole thing with the Chiefs is they can bring their B or C game and then Patrick Mahomes and a quarter or a quarter and a half brings them right back into the game yes makes one crazy throw to Tyreek Hill to get him back in the game which is just kind of stupid it's unfair (laughs) because other teams are sweating every single down every single possession but you don't have the game one until the clock hits zero in the fourth against quarter. the Chiefs. Yep, absolutely. So the next teams here, so we have second place Seattle and the the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to talk about the Raiders first. Sure, they're fun to watch. Yes. They're kind of this old-school brand of football on offense where they kind of just give it to the bell cow and Josh Jacobs and then kind of off of play action and whatever Darren Waller can do. Derek Carr is giving the ball to him. Yes. And I had a blast watching them on Monday Night Football, and I'm sure you're going to talk about more of that performance in our game preview against the Saints, but I really like the brand of football they play. I think their defense kind of has this attitude about them that they kind of play dirty. we really good friends with a Chiefs fan. and He hates Jonathan <laughs> he Abrams. He hates Jonathan Abrams. He's going off on Jonathan Abrams. We had to tell him to calm down, yeah. stop being a homer. And so I really like the way they play football. They're a team where they can sneakily win 10 to 11 games, probably, in my opinion. The only thing that's in their way is the Kansas City Chiefs. And then on the NFC, we have the Seattle Seahawks, who are playing really, really good football. Offensively, they are clicking. Offensively, Russ is clicking. They have no pass rush. No pass rush. You all. have all day to throw against them. But if they get Snacks Harrison here. That'll help. That'll help. But also losing Bruce Irvin for the year really And nobody in the secondary them. that really scares you to not throw on. Uh, yeah. I mean, Diggs played a good game good, on Sunday. But yeah. But it, and, I mean, Jamal Adams, of course, is phenomenal. He was a little bit quieter 
on Sunday night against the Patriots than he was week one against the Falcons. But the Griffin brother, oh my Lord. I've been saying this to my brother who's a huge Seahawks fan for years. He is a punching bag for opposing teams. He's horrible. He, if you can put your number one or get a good speed guy on him, he does not have a chance. Nope. If you're an above average route runner, you will get him every time. So that's a little worrisome, but I think right now with, I mean, you've heard me numerous times just harp on Brian Schottenheimer as the play caller for the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Their I, offense coordinator. You hate Brian But Sh- he Brian has called really, really good games these first, these two, first games. two games. Yes. He's a lot more aggressive. He's not predictable. And, uh, yeah, so I think they'll probably be number one by the end of this thing. Well, I actually disagree. I think the Rams, I mean, unless they have a bunch of injuries, I think I could see the Rams taking this division. That offense. It looks comes. good. But if you get a pass rush against Jared Goff, it's over. Possibly. But, I mean, that line's holding up. And, again, they, you know, it's only two weeks and seeing who they played. But I'm a big fan of the Rams and that offense and how well they're looking. They just don't – they can't afford to have any injuries. Yeah, and they're three in the division currently, correct? Uh, Yes. Okay. And then the Chargers, excited about Justin Herbert. Yeah. I, Tyrod Taylor gets freaking punched in the uh, <laughs> in the ribs or p- bruised or punctured lung from a shot to his ribs or something. Yeah. That's just doctor terrible, terrible up. luck. Look it up. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, real bad luck for him. I, again, ju- excited for Justin Herbert, some of the young playmakers, but I, I, I don't see him competing in the division. 49ers are banged up. Yes. And they're going to need a lot of help along the way if they're going to try to compete. I mean, what hurts them is how long will Jimmy Garoppolo be out? Yes. And they're a very system offense. You don't have to be crazy above average, but there's also the factor of just having your leader, your quarterback back there that pays dividends in the long run. So, I mean, they could they could be looking at a tough record here going into probably late October, early November. Yeah. And then have to look for the rest of the teams in their division to lose elsewhere for them to even be able to compete. Yeah. The, this, the, the NFC West is probably the best division in football. In, in football, I agree. in my opinion. I agree. And then the Broncos, Drew Locke's out. I kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, <laughs> it, it's going to be a tough year for him. Yeah. Even when Drew Locke comes back. Moving on to the NFC and AFC South. Uh, we have the Saints and Titans in first place, the Bucks and Jags second, the Panthers and Colts third, and the Falcons and Texans fourth. I wouldn't have thought that the Texans would have been a fourth. No. After two weeks, but boy, they have had a, a brutal stretch. I in mean, the beginning. they started out with playing the two best AFC opponents, and, and hopefully going now against the arguably one of the best defenses in the league this Sunday against the Steelers. A really tough out for them. They might start zero and three. Oh, and three, but then you got to think it gets easier, and they play in a division where you can kind of rack up wins as yeah. the season goes on. But I really like the Titans as a team to kind of keep their momentum going from last year. Yeah, just because of the formula that they're playing. Will it be the crazy uh, numbers on play action? Probably not. No, but they're Derek, not going to even be the sexiest game, but they'll win games. They'll win games, and it's because they have a really good head coach in Mike Vrabel. The New Orleans Saints, we'll talk about plenty later in the episode. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really put a good game together, in my opinion. On Sunday, Brady looked a lot sharper. Everything seemed to be humming. And then the Carolina Panthers are the most boring team to me. They really you're just are. Not, you're, you hate a, Matt Rule. I, 
I don't really like him. I thought he should have stayed in college. And then also having Christian McCaffrey out for the next four to six weeks is going to be that really, really offense. boring. Mm-hmm. And even when he's in the lineup, it's so predictable. The offense goes through a running back. So yeah. you don't have to count me in. And then the Indianapolis Colts are kind of the same way. Of I think they could win nine or seven games and sneak into the playoffs, but nothing really interesting. Jaguars, me there. it's Gardner Minshew, and that's it. And that's kind of what we saw. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you like that? I do. It's really Gardner Minshew, and that's it. And that's what we saw last week against the Colts when they played. No, yeah. Was it last week? They played? Who did they play last week? It wasn't the Colts. I don't even know. I, I don't can't remember. Ki- I don't keep up But they up struggled the, because Gardner Minshew struggled. I don't keep up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, that's on you. <laughs> uh, one quick little thing is the Atlanta Falcons. Really intriguing through two weeks of how good their offense has looked at Matt times. Ryan has looked great. Matt Ryan has looked phenomenal. But, but their defense is terrible. An absolutely brutal game to lose against the Cowboys. And then just brutal. a vintage Atlanta Falcons to blow a game like they did. Correct. Yeesh. That, that, absolutely heartbreaking. And what was that crazy record? There was like 440. Uh, 440 and games. I don't even remember. 440 and 0 when a team has put up so many points and had plus three turnovers and didn't have a turnover. Correct. And still lost. That's a crazy stat. You should win games like that. Dan Quinn probably should have been fired after that game. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Well, let's, well, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover here. What's going on in the East, Daniel? AFC East. NFC East. That has your second favorite team in it. The NFC East. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you're just you're a fanboy of the Buffalo Bills. I like the Bills and Patriots. I'm so excited for the playoff stretch between those two teams. <laughs> Don't get me started. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, your your MVP candidate, uh, Josh Allen, looking really good against bad teams. That's what you have to do. <laughs> Slicing up the Jets and Dolphins. Looking like an MVP. All candidate. day long. Oh man. And the Patriots number two. Bills number one. Patriots two, Dolphins three, Jets four. Jets are the worst team in football. They're terrible. They're so bad. Even in spite of the 49ers having all the injuries they had, they still got blown out. They still got blown out. So that tells you how bad the Jets are. Uh, One quick thing is, do you think the Dolphins will improve at all this season? Does Tua play? I don't know. Does he? I think if Tua plays. right now with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think we know what we're going to get from the Dolphins. Yes. So and I think it's if Tua really plays, then it's going to be on the uptick. I mean, it's it's really the countdown until Tua plays. What week does Tua play? Mm, he is playing by week ten. By week ten, so they're going to hold. They're going to wait. By week now, he might play tonight. He might play in this Thursday night game against the Dolphins. By the time you hear this episode, Tua might have played. And it's Maybe a mute point. I, yeah, I I would say five or six. Yeah, I think if, I think if they're going to want to do it. Yeah. Because if you bring him in at week 10, just bring him in next year, in my opinion. You're not wrong on that. But it depends on how bad the season goes for him. That's true. Mm, And then NFC. The NFC, I just got thrown off because I just realized that the Washington football team is first. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a typo. It looks like a typo. But the Washington football team is technically first place in the East because they do have a division win over the Eagles of week one. The Cowboys are number two. Eagles three. Giants four. I think the Giants are extremely one-dimensional. They're very one-dimensional and got even more one-dimensional this week with losing Saquon. Yes. that I mean, Danny Dimes is going to have to make so many plays on the ground and through the air that I just don't think they'll be able to hold up. And then 
I, I'm calling for the death of the Eagles. How dare you? I, I say this a lot, but we know what they are, and they keep losing games. Everyone thinks they're going to take this massive step, and then they get these major injuries, and they go, well, this guy's going to fill in. Well, that guy's going to fill in. I just don't see it. I don't. I can't. They can't win games against even bad opponents, let alone when their schedule gets tougher. Yeah, I, I can't remember who I heard say it, but, I mean, this is the definitely the case of a team that is still high on their success from years ago. Absolutely. They're still high on the success of the Super Bowl run. I don't think I think Doug Peterson's gonna have the job for a while. I don't think that's the issue. It's just well, they have yeah, an old it, beat up roster. It's old, it's beat up. They re-signed guys they shouldn't have. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast with what Super Bowl teams or deep playoff teams do after they win or lose in the playoffs, how the value goes up. And they just re-signed too many of the guys who were on that Super Bowl team just because they were on the Super Bowl team. Yeah. Now they're in a little bit of cap trouble, and then also their roster is just old. Yes. So it's a problematic for them. What one cl- closing thought on the East? What do you think? Where do you think the Dallas Cowboys are? I think the Cowboys will win the division. I think they in Manacas are their defense. So you're saying they figure it out? They'll figure it out. They'll be fine. They, they just happened to play a really high-octane offense in the Falcons that just put up a lot of points, and they had some costly turnovers. But Dak kept, kept them in that game. And it, the early case of Dak winning MVP, that's a game you put it's still on there. the resume. That's it's a game you there. put on the resume, yeah. and Dak kept them in that game, three rushing touchdowns. It looks good for his MVP case and looks good for an, uh, another prediction that I had. I, oh, I know. Hey, if I go 50%, I'll be happy. Okay. <laughs> Just had to try to recover from my Jared Stidham debacle. And then we'll finish with the North. We have the Packers first, the Bears second, the Lions third, and the Vikings fourth. The Vikings look god-awful. They look pretty bad. Really, really bad. I Who would have thought they would have started this bad? The Colts was a game they should have gone in and beat the brakes off of them. Especially after losing to the Packers. You yes. thought that they would show some kind of urgency. And they just didn't. Colts were supposed to be that rebound opponent. You go in and Absolutely. beat up a bad team, but they got... I, I don't know if the Colts are a bad team. It's just we hear every offseason, oh, the Vikings are this, they're that, they're getting younger. They're not good. They're not. They're, they've swung and missed a lot of times in the draft, and then also their offensive line's not great. Their defensive line is beat up. It's not a great team altogether, and you have a pretty average quarterback in Kirk Cousins who has to have everything around him go so right, mm-hmm. and it's just not there. Yeah. Uh, article I, I read this week, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm just going to propose it to you and see what you think. Okay. Uh, and it was from uh, the Vikings PFF account. They tweeted about— Totally unvalid. Move on. PFF and the Vikings? <laughs> the, I'm this just, is I'll Mike Florio's <laughs> right arm. I'll get to the point. They proposed trading— that the Vikings trade for Jameis Winston. And they just give up on the Kirk huh. Cousins experience and they just trade for somebody. You might have, I mean, I don't know. I think. I didn't say it, I agreed with it. It's so much more than just the quarterback play, in yes. my opinion. Uh, a young Jameis, uh, Jameis Winston's 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns will not help them. No. It will hurt them, I believe, because Kirk Cousins doesn't turn over the ball a, a an amount like Jameis Winston would. Except so for his last Sunday. Besides his last Sunday. But, I mean, we saw him. 
I mean, the interception by Jair in week one was really Jair just making a play a on the ball. Play, yes. But, I mean, he doesn't throw a whole lot of interceptions, in my opinion. Yes. But but is is Cousins a sinking ship and you want to get off of it? I, if, I'm, if I'm the Vikings, I'm not sounding the alarm till like, week eight. Yeah. And if it's, I mean, if you keep putting games together like that, then that's when you sound the alarm and you make some trades. You you do what you need to do. Yeah, cause, and they don't even have a young guy waiting either. That's the thing, no. a quarterback. They're, they'll have to find it in this year's draft. Yeah, or bring somebody in off the street or trade for somebody. But, you know, there's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Detroit looked good early, got blown out in the second half. That's the, Matt Patricia's squad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much more to say about that. The Bears are the... Uh, the worst two and O team in the history of the NFL. The most fraudulent. The most fraudulent two and O team. I agree with that. And then on the AFC side, we had the Ravens at first, the Steelers at second, Browns at third, Bengals fourth. The Ravens picked up right where they left off last season. I thought they were going to come out and struggle a little bit out the gate just because defenses could look at last year's tape of when they went wrong and kind of adjust, but they haven't. And Lamar Jackson is another MVP candidate, in my opinion. But it's going to be really hard to stop them as an AFC team. I'm so glad the Packers don't play them this season because I think that would be a terrible matchup for them. Like, I think they would get smashed on defense. But, yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of with you right now on the Steelers. I kind of like the way they're playing ball. I think it's a little more sustainable than the Ravens just because we know the Steelers can win ugly games. The Ravens, I'm not sure about. Right. And in regards to if you play a good game against them, I I don't know if the Ravens could recover. Yeah, so in my opinion, look out for the the Steelers to finish on top of that division. I'm looking forward to those matchups. Those Steelers-Ravens games are going to be... They're good even when the teams aren't this good. Like, even when they are, you know, just for basically the past 20 years, those have been my favorite rivalry games to watch. Fantastic, for sure. Uh, What do you think of Browns-Bengals? Kind of 1A, 1B of just being bad. They're bad. I mean, they have bright spots, but also a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. Um, I tweeted last week that I think Joe Burrow is better than Baker Mayfield. But I think the talent, wow, the talent around Baker Mayfield far exceeds the talent around Joe Burrow. That's so I very think true. Joe Burrow's the guy. They're just going to need two to three years to put talent around him, which, which you can do. Which you can you do. You can do a quick turnaround like that. Yes, uh, Browns. I just don't know. I'm just I'm kind of over the Browns. I just <laughs> you until over we them see last it. Off season. Oh, I wasn't. I was on the hype train last season. But until we see it on the field, I'm tired of talking about it. I am, too. Some of these teams who are last in their division, I'm just so sick of talking about. (laughs) I really am. Because people just have such high expectations for them, but I'm done. Well, I'm emotionally drained. Well, you know what? If you're emotionally drained and I'm emotionally drained, let's move on. Let's move out of this segment, then. Let's get out of this. Okay. Well, before we get into the uh, preview for the Saints and Packers game, what are some other games that you're looking forward to this weekend? Las Vegas at New England. Oh, yeah. Two kind of gritty coaches going up against each other. I really like that matchup. What's the game you're looking for? I'm really excited for Kansas City versus Baltimore Monday Night Football. That is going to be a tremendous game. A very, very I am fun game. so, so ready for that. Two young studs. Going at Two it. superstars in the league going head-to-head on Monday night. Arguably one of the best Monday night matchups we've gotten, at least on paper. On paper. In a while. <laughs> it could be a blowout. 
in a while. I'm really excited for that one. Any others you're excited for? Uh, you mentioned the Rams and Buffalo because it's Rams your favorite team. Rams and Buffalo. It's going to be good. And then also Dallas and Seattle. That's going to be a great game, too. That's going to be a great game. I, I'm excited to see. I think Seattle wins, but just to see what Dallas can do and also having Dak Prescott as my fantasy That's quarterback. That's a game where, the, where yeah, bad defenses and good quarterbacks. Watch for the quarterbacks that have really good games. Yep, always. And show up and, and, and look really good. Well, let's get into our uh, our preview, shall we? Packers versus Saints. Let's go, go, go baby. Pack, go. go Pack Go. I'm so excited for this game. I'm so excited. I have I've kind of detached myself emotionally as far as what I really think of the game as far as who's going to win and stuff. I'm just so excited. I want a to see a great primetime matchup. Great Sunday prime, night football. Sunday night football. Bad news though. Al Michaels has the week off. Mike Tirico's filling in. Mike Tirico is great, but he's no Al Michaels. You're not okay. wrong. I think that, I still that's think all I'm going to say. Your broadcasting notes. That's my broadcasting note for the week is Al Michaels taking a week off. I hope nothing's wrong with him. Yes. God, agreed. please keep Al Michaels around. Yes, please. But Mike Tirico, still going to call a good game. Better than Chris Myers by a million miles. Better than anything that ESPN could put up. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. But this game, I'm just so excited. I want, I'm, I can't even talk right now. I am excited for the Packers to go up against a really, really good NFC opponent. I'm always excited for this. The last time we saw them up against a good NFC opponent, it was the NFC Championship game, and we got washed. Yes. But the time before that, we played a really good Seahawks team, and we won. So I'm excited. Um, this is a marquee matchup. You only get a few a year against these really, really solid, good teams. And I like the Packers' chances as long as they ha- continue to play the style of football and offense that they have with keeping the ball out of Drew Brees' hands with ruling time of possession. Yes. And I, I wrote about it in my uh, preview that it might be up by the time you hear this. I don't if know. If not, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Check Sunday. It just out keep your eye out game. for it. Yes. Yep. In that preview, I talk about uh, this matchup being, yes, it's against a great NFC opponent and a, a team that the NFL world kind of holds up in highest esteem and high regard as a great NFC team. They do, and I think I never realized that until this week, how much the Saints are more folklore than actually really, really good. Exactly. Now, one stat that is a little scary is in the Breeze-Payton era, they're 10-0 and at home on Sunday Night Football, which is a pretty good stat. That's a good stat. But they're due. They're due. And I hope it's the Packers because the two times that they've been down there with Aaron Rodgers, they've gotten waxed mm. as an organization. It's been a little bit more competitive when these games have been at Lambeau. But I expect a decent amount of points to be on the board and first one to 30 wins. Ooh, I like that. First one to 30, you'll be in a good spot, in I, my I, opinion. Yeah, I, I think that game Monday night between the Raiders and Saints – Exposed. Raiders and oh yeah, I'm the sorry. money. I was, uh, I'm already on to this week. You're, Kansas you, City, Baltimore. You, you're really good at leaving the last week in the rearview <laughs> mirror and moving on to Sunday. I am the last Monday's game between the Raiders and Saints. I think really kind of exposed some of the issues the Saints have. Yeah, they have a side of their line that's not very good, and they're banged up, and they can't keep Drew upright, and they're drawing penalties. Penalties killed the Saints on Monday. Yes, they kept the Raiders in the game with those penalties. Was it alone. ten or eleven? 
I think it was 11. It I was think like it 120 ended up, yards. No, it was 170. Oh, geez, I'm I was sure. off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but it was a lot. Low, yes. a full football field worth of penalties. Yes, that allowed the Raiders to stay in it. Drew Brees without Michael Thomas is very one-dimensional. They didn't have a number two weapon step up. Emmanuel Sanders is not that number two guy for them, and I trust the Packers secondary to. I think Hold the down those secondary receivers. and we'll play fine against Drew Brees as long as we don't let the run game and play action game That's get the going. Key factor that of is the, game. the key. And I mean, we'll talk about this more, but Kenny Clark, if he's available, really, really helps them. But you're probably going to get him at 80 to 90%. You're not going to get him at 100%. And also, he is just a little fragment of the defense. I'm looking at everyone else on that defensive line and the linebackers. They have to play their best game this week yes. if they want to win. It will be the they same have to game bring their plan A game. To give the ball to Alvin Kamara, feed the ball to Alvin Kamara, run down the Packers' throats, yep. and keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the Saints' and, game plan. And it's genius. Yes. It, it's the formula to beat this team, honestly, because I think the Saints defense will have a hard time stopping this Packers offense if the Packers offense continues to do what they've been doing and doing it as well as they have. And they had no answers for Darren Waller. And yes, Darren Waller is good. Darren but they had no adjustments. The, they had no adjustments. And I think that's one dig on Dennis Allen as far as being a defensive coordinator and what's kept him back for quite a few years is he just doesn't make in-game adjustments all that frequently or well. And I want to hear your thoughts, but I don't know. Everyone keeps saying, just throw to the tight ends. That's what the Raiders did. I don't think the Packers are going to go that route. I really don't, in my opinion. No. Just because we don't have Darren Waller. We have Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. I think the best way to beat them is to run the middle of the field if Devontae's available. If not Devontae, then with Alan Lazard and MVS, and then also just get Aaron Jones cooking early and often. Will this be the Jay Sternberger rebound game? Rebound game as far as he won't make two critical drops? Yes. As far as big stat-wise, I don't think so. I still think that uh, uh, big Bob Tanyan will have a better better game, and then also having Josiah DeGuara back for this game yes. would be amazing because I, I think he it. could really, really help this team. For sure. Who are some, who's one of your X-Factors for this okay, game? Okay, so I will also have a X-Factors article that's available now on Wisconsin Sports Heroics, but one of my X-Factors is Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Sounds dumb, cheesy, but... Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit a little bit, but, but let me hear it out. Let Hear me out. Hear me out. Aaron Rodgers in games like these has usually struggled on the road, prime time, in a loud environment. Okay, take away one factor. Not a loud environment. There's going to be 750 people there. Mm -hmm. And he can cook right now. I think this is the best I've seen Aaron Rodgers play since 2016. And I don't think it's all him being an X Factor is not predicated on just his play. It's his leadership and what he's going to be able to do on the sidelines and in the huddles in this game. They're playing a big-time opponent. 
that this game has so many NFC implications at it, especially if the 49ers can't rebound, especially if the Seahawks end up losing and having a midseason struggle. This game will mean something. because This very you, well could mean the number one seed. You don't play the Seahawks, so you don't have to worry don't about that. Don't play Dallas. You don't play Dallas. You do play the 49ers, and you do play the Saints, both on the road. Show that you want to compete this year as you did last year, and win this football game. And Aaron Rodgers is a critical piece to this puzzle. Love it. Who's you had another X factor you want to go over? Uh, I'll do Since the you two, had such I'll a low-hanging fruit in Aaron Rodgers. I'll do the do, two defensive ones very quickly. Zadarius Smith has had this game marked on his calendar since June. This team has lacked in uh, energy and also just focus, I feel like, on defense. And I feel like that is something that Zadarius Smith brought so well last year is that energy. And I think a little bit of that is predicated to no fans because that defense at times last year fed off of opposing crowds or the crowd at Lambeau. So I look for Zadarius Smith to have a little bit extra kind of whip to him. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he hasn't been playing bad. He has two sacks through two weeks. And then Kevin King. Kevin King... Last year, in big games at critical times, made turnovers happen. Last week, he was not thrown at one time. Yeah, very interesting stat. Very interesting stat. This week, I think if the Saints were to pick on someone, it would probably be him. But I think he steps up, makes a critical interception or pass breakup, and he would be the reason why I think the Packers win this game is someone, but I think it is going to be him, makes a turnover and a critical point. That makes Drew Brees go into a frenzy. I love it. If if I'm the Packers, I want to get the ball first, score, and make the Saints play catch up. Yeah, I I like that too because make Drew I Brees mean, you chase could, the score. You, the only thing, and I said that I said that to you early on on in the week, and we mm-hmm. were kind of agreeing with each other. But now I'm kind of going back on that because of what the Packers have done these first two weeks with getting the ball at the uh, start of the second half, but then scoring right before the second half has paid huge dividends these past two weeks Mm. and kind of getting that two-for-one to swing your momentum for the second half. But also, I wouldn't mind a quick seven points right off the rip just just so I can feel comfortable and I'm not losing my mind. Yeah. But that's just my thoughts. Because I think if you can make Drew Brees chase, if you can let the Saints settle and get into their offense, I think that's where the Packers are going to have trouble. Yep. But make make the Saints chase the score. Absolutely. Then I think to where make where, Drew Brees throw the ball. To make Drew Brees throw the ball and make mistakes. Yep. And Michael Thomas doesn't play. If he doesn't play, that would be huge. It's massive. And also, honestly, I'm okay with Devontae sending this one out because I want him at 100% or as close to that as we can get later on in the season. Absolutely. Uh, score prediction. 34-27. Who's winning? I don't know. See, I don't think you could do that. I think you have to say who's going to win. Well, I think I'll, go, you have to put I'll, I'll go. I'll go Homer. I'll go Packers. But I think 34-27, whoever does it. 28-24. 28-24. Mm-hmm. Packers? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't bash me and then do the same well, thing. Well, I mean, you did it, so why can't I? You got a valid I'll point. Pick, I'm, I'll say the Packers, 28-24. But that score feels right to me. Well, Daniel, where can people find you on the internet, bud? People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Marhanka, M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Have that X Factors piece up that you can check out 
on the socials or at Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Where can people find you on the internet, Austin? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Austin A. Gann. Uh, you can also check out my article by the time, well, again, I don't know if it'll be out by the time you hear it, but I will have an article up this weekend previewing the game on his uh, on Wisconsin, Wisconsin Sports Heroics. I don't know why I struggle with that. Check them out. Check that article out. Also, be sure to follow the podcast uh, at Titletown Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you can follow it. And follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't. Leave a review. Uh, be a friend. Tell a friend. We'd appreciate you sharing the love. Let us know what you think. Until next time, see ya. Adios.